wow, that actually worked. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Age of Geek Podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Marley. And tonight we are joined by our guest, James, who is here once again to uh, share his Hello. opinions with us. And Geek Show Podcast and The Space Show Show's own Rebecca Frost. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you, guys. And tonight we are going to be talking about the recently completed Disney Plus series Ahsoka and the the highs, the lows, the what were they thinkings, and the what are we looking for in future seasons of the show. Uh, first, though, uh, just a couple of couple of newsy bits. One, it is October. Uh, yeah, there we go. So, uh, nope, this hit. Ha <laughs> ha. Pink, pink for October uh, for breast cancer awareness. Um, please support breast cancer awareness of men and women because we always hear about women's breast cancer uh, support and we tend to gloss over the fact that men can get breast cancer too so please uh, keep up with your physicals your checkups stay safe stay healthy um, also <clears throat> as we are in the spoopy month of, of uh, October ween McDonald's has their boo buckets back so uh, mm. you know if you are planning on trick-or-treating towards the end of the month you know, you may want to go get a Happy Meal. Just saying. I mean, you could always just get a Happy Meal. You don't need to get the boo bucket, though. You don't need to, but I mean, you know, bonus. It's a bet. Yeah. Yeah. I love Happy Meals, actually, as an they're adult. Just, oh. They're right at the right size. Just Thanks. a yeah. big size. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm like, a snack. I'm a kid's meal kind of person when I go out to places because it's like the perfect portion for me. I don't I've like big portions. I've only recently come to allow myself to get the kids meals because i just know the regular meals are too big but you're right kids meals are just the right size yeah i think that's the benefit of being a parent is i've been getting kids meals like constantly since like my kid was born like even before he ate solid food and i was like it's for the little one <laughs> see i don't have a little one and i still pretend like if i'm going out like if it's like in a drive-through i'll yeah. be like i'll get a normal size something for my husband and then i'll order a kid's meal something for me and i pretend that i'm getting the regular size for me and the kids for my kid that i'm taking it home for oh <laughs> I panic. I panic every time. Literally last week I got um, bananas at the grocery store and I panicked because I got organic bananas, but I rang them up as regular bananas. And like, so I was like panicking. Um, but the same thing happens when I get a kid's meal. I'm like, I hope they don't, I hope they don't call the kid's meal police on me. <laughs> they're going to card you. Well, that's why I like, this meal, ma <laughs> that's why I like places like, um, like, like, Tony Burger, if you guys have ever been there, on their menu, it has like the kids meal section and it says like a tiny Tony Burger kids meal and then in parentheses or for really immature adults. And I'm like, yes, I love it. this is my section. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm looking at the at the action figure collection and going, yeah, I don't, wouldn't use the kid excuse. It's just like, yeah, it's for me. Well, I mean, but action for the toys, I think you can still go and just buy the toys. Well, but yeah, where's the fun? You have to earn the toys by finishing your tiny hamburger and your uh, nugs. Nugget. Your fortune yeah. nugget, yeah. Yeah, McNuggets, sorry. McNuggets, that's right. <laughs> and get your Loki sweet and sour sauce. Even though we're going to be talking Ahsoka really quick, uh, Star Trek Prodigy has found a new home after being canceled on Paramount+. Plus. It will be moving to Netflix. Rescued so you'll be able by to see, Netflix! You'll be able to see the first season and the as yet unaired second season. I don't have a date for that yet, 
but keep an eye on your Netflix queue and uh, watch for it. It's a fun show. And it was actually what wound up getting my kids to stop giving me crap about watching Star Trek and start watching it before they started watching Lower Decks. I uh, I have not watched Prodigy, but I have heard it's a great entry point to Star Trek if you've never watched really any Star Trek. It really is. And I think that by choosing, um, spoiler, uh, Captain Janeway as their legacy character to work from, it was probably, she was probably the best choice of all of the potential captains they could have used um, to kind of nurture the Prodigy crew. And it's fun watching young academy age, non-Federation kids trying to figure out what do we do with all of this? So keep an eye out on your uh, Dexflix schedules and cues for when Prodigy will be airing and uh, give it a shot. It's actually a great show. And with that, let's dive into a galaxy far, far away, long, long time ago and talk Astoka. So we have finally been given a show that is not focusing on anyone named Skywalker or Palpatine, thank heavens, <laughs> and that we have met before in a couple of different places. And her merry, well, maybe not so merry, misadventures um, over the course of eight episodes. And um, let's start. Let's start with Rebecca. Uh, I know that you have a kind of a differing opinion on some things with this. What was your thought overall of the series and uh, what what problems did you po- possibly have with it? Yeah. Oh, I'm probably not the best person to start with. Oh, but um, you're the best, actually, <laughs> if that's the case. I, uh, I'm in the minority and I didn't like it. And I have a co- I have a whole laundry list of reasons. Um, but I think the biggest reason for me is I am not really a fantasy fan and Ahsoka leans really hard into the space wizard of it all. And, um, another part of it too is, uh, I hadn't seen rebels and I had like, I haven't watched clone wars. I haven't watched rebels. And the problem is for me, every time I, would talk to and I I guess I should backtrack so I hadn't seen Rebels and I wanted to watch Ahsoka as that person who hasn't seen the previous thing because normally I like to do my homework for this kind of show but I just I'm not going to sit down and watch four seasons of a cartoon that is already something in the realm of fantasy I don't actively seek that out so you know, I didn't watch the first four seasons and um, I wanted to watch Ahsoka through the lens of somebody who you know, can a normie watch this show and enjoy it? And um, because I'm a big believer in I shouldn't have to do homework to enjoy show. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I wanted to see how Ahsoka did with that. And um, everybody I would talk to about Ahsoka, and I was like, you know, I'm just not really, not really vibing with it. Can you tell me like why I should care? And the number one response that I got most of the time was, sucks to suck show is awesome and it rules and and i'm like oh, oh. gatekeeping that man the, wow. the the thing about ahsoka it's been the most gate kept show 
I've it's been such a weird gatekeeping experience. Normally in fandoms, everybody has, in my experience, been super chill. But when it came to Ahsoka, everybody was really gatekeepy about it. And so I'd ask, okay, well, can you tell me why I should care? And then, you know, first they would respond with sucks to suck. And I'm like, okay, but let's actually <laughs> tell me why. And then people would just proceed to lift list off nouns <laughs> and be like, well, show introduced, you know, Rebels introduced night sisters and this concept and this person and i'm like okay cool but why do i care why do i need to care about this in the whole grand scheme of the big star wars universe why should i care about this like andor andor i will say definitely ruined star wars for me um but but wow I, I, a hot take and it ruined star wars for me just because i thought it was so good and like i don't feel like anything can oh. live up to it oh but, okay it ruined in that i'm like, it I'm like are we about to say bad no. things about no, andor no, no. oh my god in no way podcast. no no andor ruined star wars for me in that it was so good that i can't go back to space wizards um well, can i interrupt you there for just a second yeah. and ask if andor ruined that for you have you seen rogue one and did andor fit into did it lead sorry having seen rogue one did andor the way that it has progressed make a have a, have a logical progression for you to get to rogue one yes so rogue one's because also uh, i also didn't like rogue one i liked the back half of rogue one i didn't like the first half of it but i loved the back half of it um but like that said i felt like you know it and or really did do a good job of setting the scene for what we were to expect. But also I had context for Andor, right? Like I kind of understood where we are in the galaxy, in the rebellion and where we are in the timeline. Whereas with Ahsoka, I don't really have a clue as to what's going on. Um, I understood, like I knew that Anakin Skywalker was her master, but like, that's about it. And, uh, so when people would like list off nouns, I'm like, okay, but tell me, can you tell me why in the grand scheme of the Star Wars universe, why do I care about this? And I feel like I have yet to have that explained to me. Overall, Ahsoka just felt kind of like a weird gatekeepy experience. And I mean, not only, I have some like other technical complaints too, but that's, <laughs> it's, you know, you want to save something for later in the show. Yeah, I don't want to just, I don't want to lead your show up with all of my complaints about Ahsoka. No, 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 no. And I think, I, honestly, I wanted to lead with you because you were new to this, new to it, and you were not a big space fantasy as opposed to science fiction person. And getting your take, hopefully, we may not change your mind about things, but can present information that you have not been given from anyone else you've asked as to why do i give a damn about this mm -hmm. but i wanted to i wanted to kind of set a, a baseline as to where you were coming from and and why i was just like yeah no it, it went space wizard and i just kind of zoned out and like unfortunately that's kind of what happened and you know as i think around when season three came out or episode three came out um everyone was like oh yeah this really is just rebel season five and i was like mm, that kind of sucks for those of us who haven't watched rebels and want to still participate in the star wars universe but like we don't know what's we don't know what's happening sure. beyond what we're seeing right now well and so, i think i think something uh really quick it's not just uh, um 
because there's so much to Ahsoka with Clone Wars, Rebels, but there's also the book. There's so much homework that needs to be done for this show that where you were asking, like, can a normal person who hasn't done all that work, work hasn't watched all those cartoons or read the book, can they enjoy it? It's, it for me, I told people, like, it's going to be really hard for you to enjoy it. Like, there's some really cool effects and stuff like that. Like, there's Star Wars stuff to it. But if you don't fully understand, like, the Ahsoka backstory and, like, her whole character arc from even going, being found by Plo Koon and stuff like that, coming all the way to becoming Anakin's Padawan, dying, coming back, and then leaving the Jedi Order, and then following her through the book, following her, like, there's so much that you have to kind of know to get the gist of why Ahsoka is doing what she's doing now. Well, I I think this is actually a really interesting group to be talking about all of this because Rebecca, you and I are actually pretty similar in this regard. I've never watched Rebels, I've never watched Clone Wars. I didn't I knew very very little of Ahsoka before watching this series and I loved this series. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, I loved it. And like, I, I feel like I, and, and it could be too that I, I have a lot of friends who've watched Rebels and Clone Wars and know a lot more about these characters. And so I kind of got a little bit um, tidbits here and there from from people. And so it kind of gave me a little bit more I don't know. I guess grounding just to kind maybe, of know a little bit. Maybe but like, you need to be friends with your friends because all my friends were being real jokes about it. Yeah, I was gonna say when you were talking about that, I'm like, who are who are these people that are like gatekeeping you? Because I've had a very opposite experience. In fact, I have people who are like, you need to watch this, this. Like, I'll give you a list of all the Clone Wars episodes that you need to watch and and all these things. And I'm just like, okay, that's a little too much for me. Like, I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong, but I. I you know, I'm like, I just don't really want to do the homework. Like, you know, kind of what you were saying, but, but we also kind of met Ahsoka in Mandalorian season two. So did you, did you watch that? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had already seen her and kind of, you know, yeah, we're introduced in kind of that way. I do have to say though, while you were kind of talking about, you know, this whole space wizard thing, it is definitely it's definitely an interesting aspect that we don't really see very much in the Star Wars world. You know, I I feel like the first time I really saw it was playing Jedi Fallen Order. And because you you meet Night Sisters there. And I'm like, this is really interesting. But to me, I just was like, well, this is the particular planet I'm on. And that, that's just how they are here, I guess. And didn't I didn't really think much of it. Until, like, I was playing Jedi Survivor at the same time of watching Ahsoka over the last few weeks. And I'm like, well, this is actually kind of cool. Like, I see all this Night Sister stuff and, like, all these, like, things. I'm like, this is actually really cool to kind of get some of that context, especially, like, in the video game side of Star Wars. Um, and so, for me, that kind of helped provide context. So, it wasn't, like, as weird and, like whoa they're doing magic what that's so interesting because i played like i played fallen order 2 and when the night sister shows up i'm like it was something totally unfamiliar to me and i just kind of went with it mm -hmm. um and i wish i wish i could figure out why i was okay with it in fallen order but when it shows up in ahsoka i'm like this is too much 
<laughs> yeah, no, that is interesting. Cause like Marin in that um in Jedi Fallen Order and then into Survivor, like she's like my favorite character. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I, I love, love her. her. <laughs> I love her so much. And so yeah, and then to see like a, you know, a different side of Night Sisters in Ahsoka, like that was to me, I was just like kind of thinking the whole time. I'm like, oh wow, this is like what Marin either used to do or like she could have done, but she also has a completely her story, especially like Jedi Fallen Order, like that happens a lot earlier in the timeline. That's like right after. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what to call that point in time. The the <laughs> order six the grand pulling <laughs> <laughs> post order sixty six. I don't know, but order sixty seven the aftermath <laughs> <laughs> like I, I i have to say i do have to comment one one critique and this is the one i'm only there might be more but this is the one i did think of was i too was kind of confused as to where we were in the timeline i'm like which where in the star wars movies are we at <laughs> is this between episode six and seven yeah, and so that's the yeah. thing is like I it was very confusing. They weren't very like clear or maybe just again to people who are a little um I don't know what the right kind of word like not I don't want to say surface level fans but maybe just more casual fans. I call I call them normies. Normies. Like, you know yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely like I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I consider myself a big Star Wars fan, but when it comes to like rebels, big normie big normie here like i don't know what's going on and yeah. i fall somewhere between all three of you in that i watched <laughs> the first season of rebels and then life happened and i never got back to watching the rest of it um never watched clone wars so i don't have that backstory for ahsoka or that much of the backstory for ahsoka and didn't read the book but have have you know picked up enough to know who she is, where she's from, where she, you know, why she's like, yeah, I'm no longer going to do this thing. I'm going to go do my own thing over here. Have fun. Um, and so that when she appeared in, you know, in, in Mandalorian, I'm like, oh, she's back. Are she and Luke going to have a moment of, I knew your dad. We hung out, blah, blah, blah. And it was not as much of that as I expected in, in the Mandalorian. Then she got her own episode. And I'm like, okay. This is where she is now. Great. And then we get this show and I'm like, she's putting the band back together in some respects. And I had seen enough of Rebels to know, you know, who Sabine was, to know who Ezra was. I did not know that Ezra had gone off on Grand Quest to, to defeat Thrawn. I could put enough of the pieces together to go, I'm comfortable with this. And for me, it was a fun ride because there were enough familiar pieces for me to go, okay and the night sisters knew for me and like well okay and I've, i'd heard of them i didn't play fallen order so it's like okay i know that they you were prominently featured there in an um survivor but they were an x factor for me um for me also getting to see thrawn was interesting because my history with Thrawn comes from legacy, not from current canon. So back when the Thrawn, the original Thrawn trilogy came out, read that, loved the characters. I'm just like, oh, we get to see this guy to find out that his art changed a little bit 
once Disney took over Lucasfilm, it's like, okay, fundamentally, same kind of character, same same drive, same motivations, but he's gone off and done some other thing that I know nothing about that I assume happened in Rebels. So just seeing him again and knowing that he was going to be a factor in this, I'm like, okay, that's another puzzle piece that I'm familiar with, and I've got to see how it fits in this context. Um, so something really quick with going to Thrawn. So a lot of things that you see in Ahsoka, from my understanding, they're things that were actually brought up in like legacy books and stuff like that. So like the Purgle, the space whales, those were things mm-hmm. that were existed in an expanded universe. Uh, the Night Sisters made their first appearance in an expanded universe book. Um, but when it comes to like the cartoon storylines and stuff like that, uh, the Night Sisters are actually the reason why Darth Maul and uh, his brother Savage Press had uh, Force abilities because they used their Night Witch. Night Sister magic to give them abilities. Uh, but going to Thrawn, like we were talking about homework and stuff, there's also three or four Thrawn books mm-hmm. that have been published since Disney took over that kind of give you the background to his character arc change. Because that's one of the biggest complaints I've seen from people is they don't like how Thrawn is portrayed in the series. And it's like, well, yeah, he's a lot different. He's more cocky uh, than he was like in Rebels and stuff. But if you read the books, uh, there's one point where he kind of gets a feeling. So in the books, you find out that during the Clone Wars, Thrawn actually did um, missions with Anakin. Um, And later on, after Anakin becomes Vader... Uh, he has a meeting with Palpatine and Vader, and he just gets this feeling that he's no, he knows who Vader is. So he doesn't know that Anakin's Vader, but he like gets this sense of, wait a minute, I know this person, I know this personality, uh, and he calls him out, and like Vader like essentially threatens to kill him if he calls him Anakin. And Thrawn takes that as a joke and, like, just keeps poking the bear throughout the book. Oh, my gosh. So so within, like, the the realm of, like, Rebels and Ahsoka, does Thrawn know that Anakin is Vader? Yes. Okay. So so he never comes out and says it. He always just assumes. But that also kind of goes back to to the expanded universe Thrawn, where he was very good at reading people. And paying meticulous attention to the most esoteric details to kind of extrapolate, in his case, uh, strategy and battle plans, but also also negotiation tactics. Yeah, and they kind of keep that as part of his major, like, character arc. Like, he still does that. Like, he, in Rebels, he collects artwork from Hera's people, from Sabine's people. Um, and he's using it to try to figure out who they are. So when he meets them in battle, he can come up with a strategy to defeat them. But it, yeah, no, like it's one of those things where it's like more homework that you have to do in order sure. to fully understand the character. And I th- and I think that that Rebecca's point, and you just t- you just um, made me think <laughs> of something else, James. A lot of the post 
Disney purchase of Lucasfilm um, now requires homework because one, we had the first six movies of the Star Wars saga that we had established certain canon and many people went on to establish uh, the expanded universe lore that went with it that that um, formed formed the basis for a lot of people's fan fiction head canon. So when certain things didn't happen a certain way, they're just kind of like, well, this sucks because it's not what they constructed in their mind. And to be honest, there have been some things in the post-Disney Star Wars verse that I've been like, I wouldn't have gone that direction, but they're not paying me to, to make that choice. So I'm just going to go with it. But it's now, like Rebecca said, there's homework involved because they've taken turns that we'd never thought of before or that from the expanded universe before it became the legend series it's like well um okay that that this is not the canon you're looking for <laughs> i've got to tell you wholly and not wholly unrelated but i was at an arts fair this weekend and i overheard a conversation of a guy explaining to another guy that disney bought star wars in 2012 and this guy had no idea and the other guy was like yeah, they made like three more movies and this guy had no idea. What? Like what a level of off planet. I like was he in a coma? I was like eavesdropping like this cannot be real. This is the most insane conversation I have ever heard in my life. Wow. <laughs> That's all. No, that amazing. Fascinating. Yeah, did you know that they put like an entire section of Disney World and Disneyland and made it into Star Wars? Like, do you not have a phone? That's it's just... Do you talk to other humans? That's Ever? that's why I was like, were you in a coma? Because that's how how does one escape that knowledge? Even just like passively, right? right? Yeah. Well, like that guy has missed the creation and the downfall of the Galactic Star Cruiser <laughs> at <Yeah>. Disneyland. <laughs> Oh my like you know that one bounty hunter <laughs> you know that one bounty hunter who showed up twice he got his own show <laughs> he came oh back yeah. he oh survived <laughs> the, the, the Tuscan Raiders you're gonna feel for them <laughs> okay wow. but seriously though I mean I know this is off topic but like that was my I favorite know. part of Boba Fett I love the Tuscan Raiders. Scenes. Yeah. Those scenes. Yeah. It was such like a different perspective. It was like, okay, this mm -hmm. is cool. Tuscan Raiders are people too. Yeah. I do. I like that Disney does that. Disney takes your air quotes villains and makes you understand their perspective. I like that Disney mm -hmm. does that. They, they have, they have humanized <laughs> to, to, you know, bring it down to one species and race. A lot of the villains and made them, not necessarily sympathetic, but you can at least get where they're coming from mm -hmm. and, and have go, okay, that you've got a motivation there that isn't completely just, I'm going to twirl my mustache and put a damsel on the train tracks as the 515 is coming through. <laughs> right. I'm evil just for evil's sake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is funny that you, you guys say that though, because like for me with Thrawn in this series, like because I had zero background on Thrawn. At least I kind of knew some of these other characters. Like I'd heard of Ezra. I'd heard of, no, actually, no, I hadn't really heard of Sabine. Um, That's so funny because like, I also like, I was vaguely aware of Ezra did, was not 
aware yeah. of Sabine. And I Until think I honestly, saw pictures and then I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I've seen this like lineup before but i couldn't have told you who was who except for ahsoka and ezra (laughs) and i think my the most exposure i've had to ahsoka is honestly all of the her universe emails that i get oh my gosh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i think that is truly the most exposure to ahsoka i've ever had yeah but then like with thrawn like not knowing anything about this guy i i kind of like i'll be honest like i can't pinpoint what was for me like in this series his motive was to get home that was it and it didn't really seem like he he kind of was just like i i have my route home and i am just going to take it and i'm gonna send a few of my crew off to kill the people that are like probably trying like i want to stop them because i know they're powerful and i'm just gonna then be on my way and like they're really like for me like there wasn't really like a I don't know. I, I had a hard time like finding like a really specific like why, or like why over... are we afraid of him? Yeah, right? I'm like, like I don't know why don't why don't we send them. the Avengers to go get him? <laughs> except, right? except for all of the oh, troopers that were yeah. with him and the music, the theme music. That was the only thing, and obviously the uniform. But that was like the only thing that gave me any clues as to like this guy's bad. So mm-hmm. just just historic nutshell of, of Thrawn. Um, he was one of their top fleet commanders in the pre-Disney universe. Um, he was a strategic and uh, military hero because he, his perspective on fighting the enemy, whichever enemy that they were fighting, was to try to so completely understand their culture and their ways that he could adapt his fighting style to not only match, but to exceed them and just mm. conquer. And he conquered scads of space for the Empire. And after the fall of Palpatine, when the Empire was in disarray at the building, at the upbuild of the New Republic, a lot of the former members and former senior, senior staff of the Empire were like, so we need a new leader and... Um, you know who the best person for that job is? It is Thrawn because mm-hmm. he was so ruthlessly efficient at what he did. And he was, he would take a tactical loss to have, make a strategic win. Mm, interesting. I wish, would, uh, I just wish a modicum of that could have been demonstrated in the sure, show. I sure. agree. Right. I agree. Well, and, and you, you kind of get just like the smallest glimpse of it when he sends the troopers to fight uh ezra and sabine mm-hmm. and he's like oh that's you know that's, a, that's an acceptable loss yeah it's acceptable or like, or like he sends two tie fighters he's like i needed something to just slow them down really not necessarily stop them but stopping them if you can like we're not he's like i'm not trying to win the war right now i'm just trying to win this battle is mm-hmm. essentially the the kind of gist that he always had even even in rebels like he would have that kind of mindset where you know uh the rebels would come in and he would be decimating this planet or this group of people and then once he heard the ezra and them were there he's like that's good enough like i know that we'll lose if we sit here and fight these guys uh so we'll just kind of veer this way a little bit and we'll fight more tomorrow and in with the legacy um novels where you see where you learn more about 
him, his fighting, his history, and his fighting tactics, the people that went up against him, they literally fears like it's Thrawn. Yeah, we'll just stop now because yeah. he had that kind of presence. Well, not just presence, but just the rumors of Thrawn is coming was enough to send systems into like, yeah, we don't want any part of that. So interesting. Unfortunately, because they didn't give you more of that, and they just kind of assumed that you knew who he was. Again, it goes back to doing more homework to enjoy what should be just a fun show to get into and and be able to watch by yourself with your family, friends, whomever. He's like, well, I've got to know uh, this chapter and verse, and oh wait, and this and that thing, just to go that one guy who seems to be, everybody seems to be afraid of, it doesn't want him to get back to the main Star Wars galaxy. Why not? Well, because if he gets there and gets with anyone else, it's going to be a huge problem. Right. And like, well, I, I, I understand that not everything has to be for me, right? And I'm totally okay with that. But I think if you do have a show within the Star Wars averse, maybe make it just like a tiny bit more accessible. And that's, right. I think, where the disconnect was for me. Like it just, it didn't feel very accessible. Where, like, if it's not for me, that's totally fine. Boba Fett wasn't for everybody, and that's totally fine. But just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit more of accessibility, I sure. think, is what was missing. I so, think what they should have done, because what if you look at the Thrawn books that they came out with, I want to say it's like 2019, 2020, um, Marvel put out like an eight issue miniseries of the Thrawn books just in comic book form, um, which just go through like the key points of the books. Um, so you see him, you know, and the thing is like in the Disney kind of canon Thrawn starts off as a homeless chiss like he doesn't have a home he's going from like cave to cave kind of uh just to survive um but the empire like attacks his planet or something like that and they are kind of intrigued by the way that Thrawn holds himself in battle and they're like hey you could have beat us if you had better technology. So how about you come work with us? Uh, and then from that point, from that point, it was like, he essentially just like had it in his mind that he was going to become Palpatine's number two, uh, that he was going to be the person who helped take over the galaxy and help control the galaxy. And nearly did. Yeah. And I wish what they would have done is kind of taken that, whole concept of like the eight comic books and turn that into like one episode of the show kind of like a hey you know not a lot of people probably read this not a lot of people probably understand who Thrawn is um, even without showing all the stuff that happened in Rebels to lead to where why he's where he's at but it gives you more context of who Thrawn is and why everybody should be afraid that Thrawn might be coming back I think that's a really good idea. Like I like you just even mentioning that there's like an eight issue series that like talks about it. I'm like, okay, I would absolutely read that because I'm like, I'm not going to go back and read like eight books or whatever, but I will read, <laughs> you know, a quick mini series of comics. But and like if they didn't even made that into one episode, that would 
I think that would benefit everybody, right? Because like you get, you know, people like me who don't know anything about Thrawn, but also people love to see stuff in live action, right? Like that's, I think that's part of the reason people who watch Rebels really love Ahsoka because they're seeing their friends in live action. And I think, you know, seeing that, seeing Thrawn, his whole history and backstory would be super beneficial to the show. Well, and it's okay to have an episode dedicated to a flashback. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I like, I miss, okay. This is a totally like separate thing, but like, I miss the days when like our TV seasons would have like 20 episodes per season because like we had, I know, I know, I know, I'm like, I'm like a big TV binger, but like, but at the same time, like even just have more than eight, more than nine, like just have Mm -hmm. like a few more planned out because then like you have more time to build stuff up. Like one of my, okay, I know this is also like, not everybody feels the same way I do, but like one of my most like all time favorite TV shows is Lost. And I just big lost head over here. Hey, Rebecca, <laughs> we, need to be, we need to be friends. We need to talk more. Cause, yeah. But like Lost is like such a great example because like you have like all these characters and like, you got to know, like, why do I care about this person? And so they mm-hmm. give you flashbacks, they give you context, and then they show you what's happening in real time and like all of this stuff. And so it's like, show us more of that and, and don't just like always assume that we have like, you know, seen like some sort of like spinoff or, you know, video game, even though I'm always pro video games, but like also like comic books and books and stuff, because like, there's just, it's a lot, that's a lot of mediums. And like, I love it. I think that's great that like the star Wars universe is so big but again, you're you're not going to hit every single person. No, there's it's right. really really difficult. There's not very many people who can who have read or consumed everything that's out there. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe James is the exception, <laughs> and this is why we have you on the show. No, <laughs> but no, this is yeah, no, really, like anything Star Wars, we're like James, um, <laughs> but like it just. I don't know where I was going with my whole thought on this, but like, I, I just wish, yeah, like it's okay to have some extra episodes. Like, yeah, I, I want my seasons to be longer. I just want more. I want more of it. I want to, I want to just be able to enjoy more, get to know more of the characters. And, you know, even I, I even have to say like Ahsoka herself, I would have loved to see more of her in her own show. I would have loved to see because I don't know if it's Rosario Dawson, but like I just I love her, her. but I just did not care for Ahsoka at all. She had the one pose and the one stern look, and that was it. Like I didn't. Again, why should I care? Why should I care about Ahsoka when all she does is stand around being stern and cross-armed all the time? (laughs) Well, and something that like I was telling one of my coworkers today, because we were talking about Ahsoka today at work. um, I was telling him something you have to think about too, with Dave Filoni's storytelling style. If you look at Clone Wars and Rebels, he had, you know, 15, 20 episodes a season to tell a story. And even you think back to when they announced these Disney plus series at D 23, all those years ago, they mentioned that they were only going to be eight episodes shows. And right there, you're putting somebody who has written like these huge stories 
you're putting him in a box that, okay, you have to tell this character's story in eight episodes. And okay. they're not even limited, like, time-wise, because you have some that are 30 minutes and some that are 45. I'm going to challenge that and say that uh, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed Ahsoka on the whole. There were some things that were just kind of like, could have done without this. This could have been tighter. I think that with tighter writing across the board, we could have had seven episodes with Ahsoka in it, not just being stern, not just being, hmm. you know, because she also had that. Perfect you impression. Got, you, you that was a the, perfect the whole, impression. <laughs> impression. Um, but you could have had the Thrawn episode. You could have had a little more with characters that, you know, some people have grown to know over four seasons or, or however many seasons of Rebels and Clone Wars. And you could have gotten a little more um, of everything. You know, Thrawn, we could have had easily your condense your comic book into, you know, bite-sized pieces for an episode. You know, maybe even one with the Night Sisters and make it nine episodes so you can go, why do we care about these, the witches on this planet that, you know, seem to be so important, but all they're doing is making a sword and going, oh yeah, somebody's coming. You might want to take care of that. So... Well, and even that... like even Sabine and Ezra, like I was kind of confused the whole series. I'm like, do they like love each other in a romantic way or like a yeah, brother, like what was their way? deal? What is their whole deal? And <laughs> Sorry, then also yeah. when when like the whole the way it was explained to me, and I can't I can't remember if it was explained this way in the show, but like the the whole reason Ezra was where he was was to help defeat Thrawn, and that's why they were where they were, and so when Sabine finds him and everyone's like, yay, they're reunited. I'm like, well, hold up a minute. Didn't she just undo everything that he worked to do? Like, Oops. where's the, where's the fallout from that? Like, he, like when she, she betrayed, she like betrayed everyone. Too. Yeah. Like we, so we're just going to undo the, the big thing that we did in season four of rebels. I assume. And, and literally the response I heard was, shrug oh. <laughs> look at these cute look at these cute little rock guys though huh <laughs> and i'm like listen uh, i love i love a weird little guy in star wars but so the funny thing like the whole sabine ezra thing uh because throughout the first i want to say two seasons ezra huge crush on sabine tries to flirt with her the entire time and she just ignores him. But they're teenagers at the time and that's what teenagers do, right? I don't know. I didn't... I don't know. It's a bit of a <laughs> uh, But, like, you get the... Like, toward the end, they have, have this, like, brother-sister relationship where he's still trying to flirt with her. So it's like an Alabama brother-sister relationship. But, like, I think that as the time grows that they're apart, you kind of get the feeling that... Um, Sabine just misses that person but it's again it's one of those things that you have to you would have to have had seen the release like the growth of their relationship from season one of Rebels because in the first time they meet each other she wants nothing to do with Ezra she's like send him back to his planet leave him alone can we just change the name Sabine for Leah and Luke for Ezra what (laughs) yeah I'm not saying I'm just saying but (laughs) what i will say though they kind of talk about it a little bit in the last episode where they're saying like you know she did what 
like, because you go back to, like, the Force has to have balance, right? So with Palpatine gone and, like, the light side being dominant in the Force, like, what's there going to be to come and what's the big bad that's going to come and bring that balance? Okay, so um, I'm going to steer, I, I need to steer from that point because you actually bring up something that I wanted to get to and steer back towards the show for specifically as opposed to Star Wars in general. Baron Skull and uh, Shin Hati. Uh, Love former, them. A plus performances. Yeah, former yes, Jedi who totally. doesn't go dark side but goes mercenary. It was interesting to see somebody who's like, I survived Order 66 because I'm not against you. I'm just doing a thing and I'm offering I am a sword for hire. You want me to work for the Empire? How much you paying? And it was interesting to see something that we had not really seen before in just Jedi gun for hire. Because that I absolutely loved. Yeah. And it was like prob- oh, this pro- is new. Yeah, probably because it leans away from Space Wizard and more like you said into mercenary and gun for hire and you know work for the almighty dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More but, I mean, but he still has but he still has his force abilities, but he's not mm-hmm. just like it's not the only thing I do. It's like I am good with you know in a fight and I just wanted I just want to do my own thing. And I'm sad that we will not get to see Ray Stevenson continue this role. So I'm curious to see what they do with the yeah. character going forward because it looks like he found gondor by the time we ended the series that's true we had that my husband and i had that same like conversation when we saw that in ahsoka we're like they look the lights okay well i guess we're going to the the gun yeah but like um kind of yeah about those characters though i um that was another thing too that like again as a normie i (laughs) was like confused at first because like to me their lightsabers looked red I thought they were evil. I thought they were dark side Siths. But then somebody, I, I don't know who it was or I don't remember where, but like someone pointed out and was like, no, those are orange. orange. And I'm like, what? Are you sure? I'm like, look, you know, peering at the screen. I'm like, that, that looks red. Those are red. Uh, those are yeah. red. Them's but red they, boys. But then like, yeah, when you like look at a compare, like a side-by-side comparison, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that's a dark orange. Okay. My goodness gracious. It's an auburn. No, it's not. Well, like, I had that. Well, like, and I had this thought too because, like, I I thought they were red. Yeah. Apparently not. But like, also, like, Ahsoka's lightsabers are white or whatever because she's more of that gray Jedi, right? And I I love the concept of like you know your color lightsaber represents where you are, and so you know learning that they are like mercenaries i i did have the question of oh well well then why are their lightsabers red shouldn't their lightsabers be white as well if they're more of that gray area so quickly the reason why ahsokas are white sorry let me do this no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so in the ahsoka book she like is kind of nomading it around a planet uh inquisitors come on the planet because they hear about this person who saved is kind of like in Les Mis when uh, Jean Valjean lifts the cart off of the guy. She Uh like saves a farmer from something. The Inquisitors hear about it and they go to the planet and they just rummage through the planet and she ends up using the Force. So kind of like Ezra does when he's like, I don't need lightsaber and he's using the Force to like destroy all those troopers uh, or all those uh, raiders. Ahsoka she does that to one of the Inquisitors ends up killing him and then 
heals his kyber crystals. So that's why they're red is because they're uh, the kyber crystals don't naturally give off a red glow. Uh, the Sith or the Inquisitors would use the Force to uh, what they call bleed the crystals and turn them red. And then Ahsoka, when she took the Inquisitors' kyber crystals, she used the Force to heal them and the color they became was white. Mm. Uh, that's how they describe it in the book. Today the I'll... one... The yeah. one thing with like the newer characters mm-hmm. with the mercenaries, there's a little bit that you have to kind of know with the Mortis arc in Clone Wars, and that's the arc where Ahsoka dies, and Anakin essentially talks to these, I don't want to call them Force Gods, because it sounds weird. Um, well, I mean, it's space fantasy, so I mean, if it is, it is. I mean, but, yeah, you can call it whatever you want. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have to take your word for it at this point. <laughs> but they essentially, like, uh, bring Ahsoka back to life. But, like, one of them ends up dying because they give Ahsoka their life force. The statues that you see at the end are actually the Mortis triad. So it's the the father who is, like, the balance of the force. And then you have the son, who is more of the dark side, and the daughter, who is more of the light side. The Holy side. Spirit, the Holy so. Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is that is the owl that you see at the end. That's why that owl follows Ahsoka because the daughter gave up her life force, and the owl was like the watcher slash protector of the daughter. And so that's why you see that owl every now and then. Mm. But like that's what those three statues were at the end. Look, more um, homework. <laughs> yeah see and that's the thing like i'm trying to like is this an like, eight issue comic series that i can read <laughs> this is like a 15 episode arc or something like that I oh wow <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh but so... it's what leads ahsoka to leave the jedi order and all that stuff so interesting so there's just so much there's a lot <laughs> um but rebecca you said that you enjoyed seeing um baron skull and shin hati as new characters who were different and i think that whether his lightsaber is red or dark orange or my god what a specific <laughs> like oh but I, it's almost red. i don't want to say it makes me like the show less but <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me like the show less. well i mean the to me this is something that goes back to uh, was it uh the force awakens the last jedi um where we see that we've been told you know a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away when i hear a galaxy i think well that's a lot of people a lot a lot and more than two families should be able to wield the force and mm-hmm. they were moving in that direction because they were making ray just some nobody before they were like, nope, nope, reel it back in. Oh, and seriously. I could go on for hours on how disappointed <laughs> I am with that. But we also saw the kid in the stables who was using the force to make his broom do the Sorcerer's Apprentice dance. And this kind of got back to it. It's like, oh, wait, there's people not named Palpatine and Skywalker that can use the force? Amazing. Or that are not related mm-hmm. to them at all? This is great. Show me more of this. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not, even if they are... I won't even call him morally ambiguous. He's just like, my principles are not the same as the Jedi Council. I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, I'm still force sensitive. I can still do these things. I have an apprentice 
she may be a little more bloodthirsty than I am, but that's another story. We can work <laughs> just a little. She's got some time. We can work on that until he realizes this is where we part ways, which I thought was interesting mm-hmm. because now it's now there are not always two: one who has power and one who craves it. We just have the one who craves it, and it's just like I'm going to kill everybody, and is maybe a little nuts, but. You know, I will say um, the biggest compliment that I will give Ahsoka is the fight choreography. I thought all of the fight choreography was astoundingly beautiful, Mm -hmm. especially, too, with Balin and Shin. They have their own unique fighting styles, which and it was the very first thing my husband pointed out when he when we first see him fighting. He's got this very like Vader-esque fight style, right? Because he's a tank. And so he's going to fight like a tank. And she is definitely more of that life ballerina style fighting and i that i mean and you see it in the other characters too like ahsoka and all of her sword fighting scenes and very cool you're welcome but uh like (laughs) that the highest compliment that i do want to give ahsoka is the fight the fight scenes and the fight it's not just the fight choreography the fight cinematography was also really good and that's one Mm -hmm. of my big things Mm -hmm. in tv and film is I don't want every time somebody lands a punch that you give me a different camera angle. It drives me nuts because I'm mm-hmm. old and I like being able to see the fight. When it's lazy too. It's also very lazy. But being able to see how does a fight flow where, you know, it's not just I can see it from this person's perspective and then here and then here and then here. Show me the fight. Don't mm-hmm. just, you know, zoom in too close for me to see anything other than this little movement and then zoom back out and then back in again. Give me the fight. And I think that one thing that they did well, and they've actually done well with most of the Star Wars shows to this point, is showing the fight. Because any Star Wars nerd is going to want to see a lightsaber fight. I mean, that's just kind of point blank. So when you get, you finally get that opportunity to see this, you want to see how are they using their environment? How are they using their, you know, their, whatever their fighting style is? How does it differ from the person they're fighting? showed me this and this did it like you said it did it beautifully and dave Dave filoni does this really well he does that one perfect shot right and he does it really well in all of in all of the shows but i think in ahsoka especially especially when it's um sabine versus shin and ahsoka was off doing something but they're like in the woods like Mm -hmm. every every moment of that fight was cinematography award worthy like and it was something that like while i may not be paying attention to the rest of the show i am absolutely glued to the screen every time there's a fight scene because it's beautiful to look at well and even that very last scene when they're trying to stop the ship they're they're trying to stop thrawn's ship and they're trying to get up the tower Mm -hmm. and get to them like even just seeing i actually was really like excited to see sabine and Ezra and Ahsoka like kind of do like a team up, um, you know, moment and fight all of the stormtrooper zombies. Um, I never thought I'd say that. In a, in a <laughs> do not get me talking, started on the stormtrooper zombies. It's in the expanded universe. But again, Jedi Fallen Order, you see that. So like to me, it like wasn't it wasn't a weird like out of the normal thing because I'm like, well, there's Night Sisters. In fact, like when I when I realized like what was happening too, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Like, because no one else can do that except for like Night Sisters, at least that I know of, or you know, I'm sure there's somewhere in deep yeah, James, dark, can it, somebody else, deep deep dark Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I so think I was, think in the expanded universe, 
Yeah, I think the expanded right. universe it was the uh, Night Sisters who did it then too. And I'm surprised right. that nobody has brought up this other character, uh, Ho Yang, played by David, David Tennant. Tennant. I love everybody's him. favorite doctor is now teaching Jedi how to build lightsabers. I think and, he was in Clone Wars. Yeah, I, if I remember reading correctly, he is a carryover from... But even so, he, having David Tennant there, I'm just kind of like, it's Scrooge McDuck is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a moment, too. I wish I could remember which episode number it was, but he starts the episode by telling a story, and he's like, well, it all started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And if I was wearing headphones, <laughs> I would have been like... Uh. <laughs> See, and oh Joa, he like did the uh, hey, hey, he said the thing, he said the he thing, said the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Um, I have for to me, say, though, fun. oh, sorry, what Robert? I was just saying, for me, that was fun just seeing, see, mm-hmm. hearing, I'm sorry, not seeing, but hearing David Tennant being snarky robotic well you know mm-hmm. i told you so if you did if you just done this this would have worked <laughs> yeah we always need the sassy droid right in Love these a star sassy wars droid. yeah in these star wars stories but we, I, yeah. but we got well this one you this get one. we got who's three. The th- chopper oh yeah chopper oh and right. uh but who's the three po appeared briefly long enough to true be oh, three po yeah. right. you know, i will say that, that i did not surprise. need to see him it was it was like oh but i did not need him to show up for that i could him... a courier that's yeah, true. so That's when true. 3PO showed up, and also um, that one rebel pilot, Carson, when he showed up, I was like, do we really need him again? It was he's like seeing a Skywalker show up. I was like, he's the weaving of the Filoni verse. He's, uh, he's the Nick Fury of the Star Wars <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> But, like, speaking of Skywalkers, though, like, so what did we all think about seeing Hayden Christensen back as Anakin? Airbrushed to hell. Right? (laughs) I was like, I don't think he looks like that. And my husband's like, no, he looks great. And I'm like, ah. Like, he did, he, he, you know, the thing that happens as we age, right? We just kind of, I don't want to say we get puffier, but we expand in size a little bit. And so he just looks like, you know he had expanded a little bit but they just airbrushed all of the other effects of age off of him the force goes he doesn't age now and he got yeah. better after after big he had already <laughs> done the big bloaty thing because he'd been he'd been you know old anakin in the suit mm-hmm. and then at the end of the the revised uh, return of the jedi he was young hot you know new hotness young again. hot anakin <laughs> He was old and busted. He became new hotness. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was in it. I have one thing that I think that um, some of these series have done, not just Ahsoka, but also oh, the one whose name now eludes me for reasons I can't remember, but have brought back characters or actors at least to roles or even new roles in the mod best case that have let them redeem their Star Wars tenure. Because I mean, a lot of people gave Hayden Christensen a lot of flack in the in the prequels for being, I mean, for being Anakin Skywalker for the bad writing, whatever it was. It was like Hayden Christensen and just kind of wrote him off. And it's nice to see him be able to come back to the role and mm-hmm. redeem not just the character because we already had that in Jedi, but to show people, yeah, it's you know, we know what. That he is, you know, the balance of the force, etc. But 
he's not a bad guy. I do. I I feel like um, this is definitely like, oh, what's the word I want to use? It's it's oh, payback makes it sound negative, but it is payback. But in the positive light. Yeah. For Hayden Christensen, because and, you know, when you when he's asked about the Clone Wars, vindication, thank you. That is the absolute word I was looking for, Um, because, you know, when in interviews that he's done about Clone Wars, he was like, I would have loved to have voiced Anakin. I just was never asked. And giving him this opportunity to be post Vader Anakin finally feels really nice to see. No, it does. Well, and yeah. when they gave a mod best, um, that the new Jedi role in, uh, oh, where he saves Baby Yoda, well, like, right. <laughs> but the fact that you know he's not Jar Jar, mm-hmm. and you know the the thing that kind of ruined his career because nobody would take him seriously after that, and being able to come back to not just uh, to the franchise, maybe not the character, and and have that kind of vindication and redemption for him not just not even the character just for him for me that was fantastic so seeing Mm -hmm. that again with hayden christensen in this role same kind of thing or to take it out of out of universe uh brandon ralph when they brought him back for crisis in the arrowverse yeah and they they brought back his superman as the kingdom come superman and made his arc better Mm -hmm. right well, and the and the thing I really liked about seeing Hayden Christensen as Anakin and just like his interaction, like that whole interaction with Ahsoka, um, where they were like under the water, but also in like this weird like dream sequence thing. I don't know what, what it was, but it oh, was Oh man, cool. I have had I have asked people try to explain <laughs> this to me and they're like, Oh, it's this other place. And I'm like, Okay, well then where's Ahsoka's body? And they're like, Oh, it's there. And I'm like why she not drowning well either way either way it was really like it was just gorgeous like it was a really Mm -hmm. cool setting that they had that in but just to like see that teacher and student dynamic because again for for those of us who didn't um watch clone wars and 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 ever see those two together you know like the last the last i'd really seen um anakin was when he was fighting obi-wan in the in the lava you know and so like just to like i never knew he had a student you know what i mean so just to like see a different side of him and um you know i i just thought that was a really really like i'm so glad that they included him in this series like it would have not have been the same if they did if they had yeah for me it was interesting knowing that he knowing that he was her uh, master she was his padawan and watching the interactions between them and watching how they fell back into that pattern reminded me of uh when i went home this last time i saw a lot of people that i haven't seen for years and he treated her kind of like at the beginning like the Padawan that she was when he left, or when she left, but came after the episode, you know, where you have the foreshadowing of him becoming Vader and they have their fight scenes, and he uses both sides of the Force, that he learns, you've matured, you're this person now, you're not the same. And I had that same kind of experience with a number of people this past weekend, where it's like, yeah, you haven't seen me in 25 years, if not longer, I'm not the kid that i was when i left i'm different it's like oh oh okay so th- for me that was kind of a, a touching kind of thing to say um so sorry pushing up the glasses again <laughs> um so there's a couple of theories about like where they were so in rebels 
there's this whole episode where they uh, go to a Jedi temple on the fall. And when they get in the temple, it ends up being, they call it the world between, uh, sorry, world between the world between worlds. Uh, um, but so like in that, and that's how you get like the whole like possibility of like a, a kind of time travel, if you will, in Star Wars. Um, but uh, a lot of, there's this theory that that's not where Ahsoka was. Uh, if you go back to, like, I think it's episode two, uh, or no, I think it's episode three, when Palpatine's talking to Anakin about um, being able to use the Force to save a loved Palpatine. one who is dying. So there's people who are thinking that Force Ghost Anakin was using the Force to keep Ahsoka alive. And the place that her mind went, because she was the one who was in the world between worlds with Ezra, that her mind created the space that they were in. But she was being trained by Force Ghost Anakin inside of her little mind, uh, her little mind. Her little mind. Her little mind. (laughs) (laughs) Canceled. Um, (laughs) But some of the things that... I do have to say, when she, like, woke up in that space, and you see the legs, and I just, when he said, hey, Snips, I lost it. I was bawling. Joe was bawling, and we're just like, it's gonna happen. But, (laughs) other thing, though, uh, the last time they see each other uh, wasn't when Ahsoka left the Order because she comes back in uh, Clone Wars, the last Clone Wars season that they did on for Disney Plus, um, and she kind of is taking the role of a mercenary with lightsabers, but she's helping the Republic because uh, they convince her to come help them lead Rex's troop to one last battle. Um, and the last time she sees Anakin is actually when he's heading to the temple to murder a bunch of children. Ooh. Okay. So. All right. Well, we have covered a lot of ground. We've, we're just a little over an hour now. Um, and we've covered a lot and some of the extraneous things. And I think that, you know, for, for those who like Rebecca and Marley and myself have not done some of the homework you know maybe we can go and read the eight issue miniseries or you know watch more rebels in my case and catch up on some of that um was there anything outside of cinematography or a couple of the newer characters that you were like this was great for me this was horrific for me that we haven't covered yet that you'd like to share as kind of like a closing thought yeah, the the last thing that I like really want to touch on is actually my my other favorite characters that we haven't really talked a lot about, and that's the hyperspace whales. <laughs> <laughs> the squales, the squid whales, the the per the per- purple. 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 Yeah, I oh my gosh, like that whole concept, that whole scene, like everything about all of that was like my absolute like favorite. Like I just, I was like in just shock and I didn't know what was like really going on. Um, And I don't think Ahsoka totally knew either. Cause she kind of was just like, yeah, let's just 
I don't know where we're going. We're just going to put the ship inside this whale's mouth and here we go. <laughs> Yay. And, and Hu Yang is like, uh, what? Um, but I, I just still just like, I thought just like the cinematography, just like the scenes, like everything about that was just like, was just like, to me, it was like really unexpected and it offered like a really unique element especially to the star wars world that we just i feel like we've never really seen anything like that before i mean we we know we have yes we saw it in the last season of mandalorian when grogu and dinjar are flying through hyperspace grogu looks out and you're in the purple hyperspace Oh, wait, what? I do I do remember I, don't I do remember, remember being that. on Twitter yeah. and Star Wars Twitter was like, Purgle, um <laughs> them the way that they come out of hyperspace was so cool. Mm-hmm. Like I the the concept of just a being that can travel through hyperspace itself was like mind-blowing yeah. to me. Oh yeah. But the, like seeing them come out of hyperspace and the, with their like four squid technically things like acting like parachutes essentially. <laughs> that was so cool. It was it was way cool. And then they got into that minefield and I was like, no, no, I know. I was I was so like mad. I, was so, <laughs> I was so mad. But but it was still like a really, really cool scene. And like honestly like overall I I really enjoyed this series. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was um, cool to see more of Ahsoka. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get a season two or or anything, but I hope we do because it'd be nice to see a little bit more Ahsoka um, as a kind of, yeah, in her own <laughs> show. And, and just because, you know, I think Rosario, 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 Rosario Dawson. Dawson. I'm like, I can never say her first name. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I like, you know I see this, about. I see the spelling in my brain and then, it, and then I just say something else. Um, but I love her and I think she's a delight. So I like would love to see her do more. Um, and Dave Filoni, I think from all of the people that I've been hearing from that, that he was the perfect person to make this show. And so I'm glad that we had somebody like him that was able to do this show. And I hope that because of this, you know, mostly success that they'll be able to keep going. And, and it it seemed like for the most part, like it appeased fans. It, It had some fan service moments for sure. Um, but yeah, there's a few critiques that we, you know, as we covered here on the podcast tonight. Um, but overall, I still like, I really, really enjoyed this series. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go to James because James, I'm sure you like the show. So we're just going to skip over James. No. <laughs> Let him um, speak. I would say for me, Anytime you have Chopper on screen is amazing for me. I hear he's a war uh, criminal. Oh, he is the worst war criminal. <laughs> so I think it was so Pablo Hidalgo is one of the like guys in like the creative side of Lucasfilm. And we've got to meet him a couple times, like at Fan X or at uh, Star Wars Celebration. We had uh, Joe and I had a conversation with him about Chopper at Star Wars Celebration. Where he was like, uh, if you want confirmed deaths, Chopper is has the highest kill count of any droid. My because <laughs> Chopper doesn't care. He will go and he will crash a Star Destroyer with... And you think about it, because all the Star Destroyers, it's not just housing 
uh, stormtroopers. It's housing the uh, the generals, anybody, all the higher ups, and their families. So, the, <laughs> so there are women, children <laughs> on these star wow. destroyers, and choppers. Just like, oh, you want me to take this down? Cool, done. <laughs> and he's taken down many by himself. Where he's like, oh well, you know what? I don't like the star destroyers. I'm like, eh, done. Um, but anytime I see Chopper on screen, I'm always happy. Uh, I like that they like gave you some like they gave him some voicings to where you could understand what he was saying to people, um, which they kind of did a little bit in Rebels, but not too much. Um, I'm surprised that nobody mentioned uh, Hera's son, Jason. And Jason, I kept, I kept like, yeah, I kept saying like, because my husband's name is Jason, so whenever they said the name Jason, I was like, Jason, it's you. And he <laughs> gave my joke. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Um, but I like that they are exploring more with his character uh, and showing that he is really powerful with the Force, um, given that his dad was a Jedi. Um, his dad was a Jedi again this was. is not common knowledge <laughs> his, I had to look his, that up and talk to other Ezra's, people to find that out his, his yeah. dad was Ezra's teacher Freddie Prince Jr thank you guys <laughs> like, Freddie Prince Jr voiced him or something yeah he, he voiced, oh, he voiced uh, okay. Kanan Jarrus I'm just sad I didn't see Sam Witwer anywhere I love he Sam did. Witwer what? There's a rumor that you did in the scene where Ahsoka is at the shipyard and they steal that hyperdrive. The trooper that she fights, I am not sure, but I think that that was Sam Whitmer. I've seen things saying that that was him. Oh, he I had a helmet, helmet on. Helmet. I know, I need helmet off. I need helmet off <laughs> Sam Whitmer. How are we supposed to know that? That <laughs> could have been anyone. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm really excited they're like showing more of uh, like how powerful uh, Jason is because um, I was wanting to know like after Rebels ended, I was like, oh, well, where are they going to take this character? Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do because my guess, fingers crossed, you're getting an heir to the Empire storyline. Um, and Thrawn is going to be like a Thanos level villain. Uh, which is going to even bring uh, CGI Luke Skywalker into the mix. Hi, the old meal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'd be interesting because Luke doesn't know anything about Thrawn. True. Well, he didn't in the legacy until it was kind of too late. Yeah. Well, and then one last thing I'll say that I loved about it was the attention to detail with specifically like Thrawn's outfit. If you look at his outfit, so in the end of Rebels the way that they get carried away, Thrawn and Ezra get carried away to the the different galaxy. Uh, the Ezra calls the Pergolin with the Force, and they surround the Star Destroyer that Thrawn's on. And, like, Thrawn keeps trying to get away, but the Pergol, like, put their little tentacles around Thrawn to hold him back. And if you look at his clothing, you can actually see, like, stains or tatters of suction on his oh, uniform. Interesting. Um, so what, are your thought, what are your thoughts on dad bod Thrawn? I have seen a lot of people comment on dad bod Thrawn. Well, you know, it's been, it's been a decade or so, you know, like you said, we get puffy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
you know, I just leave it to even aliens get puffy when they get older. So, you know, thumbs up because that means I have to work out less uh, if I want to be thrown. So, <laughs> Rebecca? Um, I'll end with a complaint and a thing I liked. Um, I. <laughs> another uh, i i'm so sorry to complain i hate complaining about things but um i I've, so much of this show felt like two people being forced to act against each other in the volume i don't maybe it was just me but i felt so hyper aware of scenes that felt like they were being filmed in the volume um literally a lame complaint because everything looked beautiful did it not Every, everything was great and all the scenery that chris created was great i just definitely felt like i knew we were in the volume um but a thing that i did like uh i realized i had never really seen people in space suits outside of ships in star wars and so there's that scene where ahsoka puts on a space suit and oh, goes yeah. out on the ship and does a weird flippy thing on the ship but she's out outside in a space suit i don't think we've ever really seen that in a live action star wars before so i no, thought they that usually was about droids yeah so i thought that was really a cool unique thing to see well, cool. I think That's, the only time you yeah. see spacesuits is in Rebels. And somebody had pointed out to me, like, well, they do that in the cartoon. I'm like, well, I haven't seen the cartoon. Oh, okay. But so, so as far as live action <laughs> goes. cartoon seems... I keep hearing about. <laughs> yeah. But, like. Listen, we... the cartoons are gospel. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, seeing a person in a spacesuit in Star Wars was a new, unique experience that I actually never really thought about until it happened. Well, not only that, I think, like, the spacesuit, like, forming to like her what is that thing called again robert the her leku the leku but like seeing it form to that and like ah yeah you kind of cool (laughs) (laughs) all right well um that's been our look at ahsoka and the surrounding universe and characters around the character um I'd like to thank our guests, James Estrada and Rebecca Frost, for joining us. Uh, please let everybody know where they can find you on the various corners of the interwebs. Oh, I thought you meant in person. I was like, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> Doxing myself. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, what am I on these days? I'm on everything. You just type my name in backwards and you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm mostly everywhere as you gross Rebecca. Um, but, uh, you, for podcast geek show podcast every Sunday and then the space show show every Thursday. Great. And, uh, we will be back in a few weeks with a new episode and we will look to see everyone there. Uh, until then I'm Robert and I'm Marley and we thank you for joining us for the show. See you next time. Thanks. Bye. This has been an Age of Geek media production. 